So you can um, turn to that uh, and also then put your finger there or your virtual bookmarker because we'll also be reading from John 17 after that. So Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Then John 17, 15 to 17. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. This is God's word. Please be seated. All right, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is actually a special Sunday, not because of the multiple registrations we have for all the different uh, camps that are going on, but uh, there's another great thing that's happened uh, this Sunday. And I don't know if you know this, but the congregation seems slightly fuller this morning, doesn't it? Have you noticed? We have the addition of the future generation of our church leaders. And they're sitting right there. So we have the fifth and sixth graders moving up to our worship service this morning. So I'm going to have all of them stand up. Yeah, go ahead. Brothers and sisters, this is the future right here, <laughs> right? Not to put any pressure on you guys. You guys have time. But... Um, yeah, but we welcome them to our worship service, and uh, it's great, you know, just, I think I've said this before, but I think one of the great things about our church is that, you know, we believe that we are one big family, right? The family of God, multiple generations are worshiping together, and I know uh, sometimes, uh, you know, churches kind of siphon off different age groups, but um, this is a beautiful picture of the way the church should be as really God's family together, so uh, very happy for you guys to join us. Um, all right, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to ask us to just uh, come before God, and let's ask the Lord to uh, open our hearts to his word this morning, shall we? Our Father in heaven, uh, we, Lord, worship you, and Lord, we are so uh, grateful that you have given your son Jesus for us, and by giving Jesus to us to redeem us, you sent the spirit of your son into our hearts by which we can cry out, Abba, Father. And this is an enormous privilege and gift that you've given us by your grace in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would deepen our intimacy with you, deepen us in worship, deepen us in knowing how to commune with you in prayer, to pray that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Uh, to pray that you would be establishing your rule, your reign, and your glory here on earth. God, uh, we come to you as sinners who know our need for your grace. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, Lord, we know very well that without prayer and without you, Lord, that we are helpless and we are weak and we're vulnerable. But Lord, through this amazing gift, 
this grace of prayer, Lord, that we are, we can call upon you and we can find your refuge and your protection over us. So, Lord, I pray your protection over us as a church. And, Lord, may we glorify you through learning how to pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, this is the last week that we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, and we've gone through several weeks of this. Um, I don't know about you, but it's been, a, it's been a great journey for me as I'm learning more and more about prayer all the time. And um, along those lines, I want to really encourage you to come out for the Praying Life Seminar next Saturday. It's, it's going to be a great opportunity to, um, to grow, uh, to keep growing in prayer. None of us have this thing mastered, right? I don't think any of us have this mastered. And it's something that we can just keep learning and growing to be faithful, uh, to experience more and more of this power of prayer, uh, this amazing privilege we have. And, uh, you know, every time when I study this Lord's Prayer uh, in my life, it's just uh, been such a refreshing um, just reminder and ways of speaking truth into my own life that has caused me to just deepen in my dependence upon God. So uh, I hope that that has been true for you as well. Um, but this last phrase that we're going to look at in the Lord's Prayer, um, this final petition that Jesus teaches us to pray is, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from, uh, some translations say evil, and then another one says the evil one, and I'll kind of talk a little bit about that, what that means. Uh, I remember speaking at this retreat once, and, you know, it was a winter time. It was kind of snowy, and I was leaving the retreat grounds. I was driving this minivan, and um, it was kind of cloudy, and the, the rear view on my van was very, uh, you know, the, the vision was obscured. It was just fogged up and everything. I thought I had calculated as I was backing up the right distance and speed to leave the grounds, but as soon as I backed up my minivan, the next thing I knew was it was the most disturbing jolt I had ever felt driving, where the minivan looked like it was about to topple, felt like it was about to topple over. And I go, ah, like that. Do you feel that? You heard that, right? And um, the next thing I know, I'm on this tilted axis, about 45 degrees or so, like this way, this way, like this. What happened was, I ended up backing out a little too far, and the minivan almost went into this ravine. And if it were not, by the grace of God, there happened to be a pipe, a big, uh, pretty sturdy pipe apparently, that was jutting out from the bank of this ravine that happened to catch the minivan. And if it weren't for that, I surely would have toppled over into this ravine. And it was a sheer grace of God. Um, and I was just like stunned for a second, like what exactly happened? And, you know, I called uh, AAA. They came and they, you know, got this big truck and put this cable onto this car, the minivan, and basically like reeled it out off of this, this pipe. And anyway... That was a very unforgettable retreat for me uh, to experience that. But as I experienced that, and just that this pipe that literally saved the van, but maybe 
you know, some pretty serious injury. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I was just reminded that this was God's grace to deliver, to save me. And at the same time, I was just thinking about how sometimes in the Christian life that we are just like that minivan or like that incident where you, you feel stuck. You just get, uh, you know, you just kind of back out a little bit and then you're stuck and you don't know what to do. And maybe you're stuck in some sin. You're stuck in a, destru a destructive pattern for your life. Um, you're stuck in terms of habits you know are destructive in your relationship with God or maybe destructive in your relationships with other people. And, you're, and you can't, in a sense, get yourself out. What do you do, right, in those situations? How do you deal with, with sinful patterns and how do you deal with just getting stuck out of sin in life? Do you know how to pray when those things happen? And this is what I think the Lord is teaching us in the Lord's Prayer is how do we pray when we feel like there's sin, there are bad things that are going against us, where we feel like we, we've just fallen and we can't, like, get out. Uh, this is what Jesus is teaching us here. So um, there's a couple things I just want to just highlight um, out of this verse or out of this uh, phrase. But the first thing is this. I think Jesus basically teaches us that we're to pray for God's deliverance um, in this part from the evil that's still within us, from the evil that's still within us. This is what Jesus is teaching us in this final part. In the first part, uh, or the, the verse before, Jesus says, we must learn to constantly confess our sin, right? So you've, you, you've sinned against God, you've done something wrong, you know that there's something you've done that's, that's grievous before God, or your heart is not, not, right, not in the right place, um, there's something about your heart attitude, or whatever it may be, it's just not in the right place before God. And we say, Lord, forgive me. And we need constant forgiveness from God, right? And then when we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, and he cleanses us. And he removes this, this guilt from our relationship with God, this barrier that's been standing in the way. But how do we pray that we do not continue to fall into these sinful patterns in our lives? How do we keep praying for these things? Well, James 1, 13 to 15, James says this, Let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And when sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Um... We know that God does not lead us into temptation. We know that, right? Um, but James 1 clearly says that temptation and sin come from where? It comes from within us, right? From our own sinful desires, from our own hearts. That's where it comes from. And this, when, it, when we give into it, brings forth death. Every one of us, as a follower of Jesus, um, we are engaged in a battle. And we are engaged in a battle day by day in which 
we must constantly fight sinful temptations in our lives. And we've been forgiven of our sins through Jesus, his work on the cross for us, through his death. And we learn, you know, Jesus has given us these resources of grace and mercy that when we confess our sins, he will forgive and we experience that. But Jesus wants to not only forgive you of your sins, he wants to free you from the power of sin as well. Uh, Jesus gives not only grace to remove the shame and guilt, but Jesus gives a grace to experience the power of a life of obedience. This is what this prayer, leading us not to temptation, this is what this prayer is about. To experience God's grace, the gospel's power to overcome sin in our lives. And prayer is really the way to connect us to the power and presence of Jesus. From all kinds of temptation, all kinds of fear, worry, despair, satanic attacks, like it's, 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 our, it's our lifeline, it's our support to go to God and say, Lord, deliver me constantly from these things. Uh, I was talking with, uh, with Jeffrey, right? Uh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeffrey Lee, where are you? Oh, all of a sudden he kind of sunk into a seat a little bit. Don't worry, I'm not going <laughs> to, nothing bad, nothing bad. Um, trust me. Yeah, but we're just talking about this this morning, right? And I asked Jeffrey, Jeffrey, um, I said, so how are you enjoying Frontline Prayer? You know, we have Frontline Prayer yesterday morning, and we have that the first Saturday of every month. And uh, Jeffrey, I'm so thankful that he's been coming out to a Frontline Prayer um, the last few months faithfully. Like, he's becoming a prayer warrior. Amen. You know, good. And uh, so I asked him, so how's that been going? And, you know, have you enjoyed that? And I appreciated his response, you know. He, he just really said, it's so great that, um, you know, that when we pray, you know, we're not just praying randomly, you know, just kind of however we feel or whatever. But what we're praying is we're praying very strategically, right? And we're praying in frontline prayer. We're willing to pray strategic prayers uh, for the advancement of God's kingdom, for our church, for different ministries. We're lifting up VBS, youth camp. Uh, our retreats, uh, you know, spring concert. We're, we're praying about all kinds of things. And um, these are things that we're praying consistent with the Lord's Prayer in line with, Lord, let your kingdom come. And we are mobilizing the church to specifically direct uh, God's power and his grace upon certain things that we need to call upon God's kingdom to come and to, to do these things. It's strategic. That's right. I like that word, right? So see, I told you it wouldn't be embarrassing. (laughs) It's, well, let me ask you this. Are you strategic in the way that you pray about your life, right? Are you strategic in the way that you pray about maybe specific vulnerabilities or weaknesses or things in your life? When we pray, Lord, lead me or lead us not into temptation, what we're saying is, Lord, um, please deliver me. Help me to experience your power. Help me to experience your deliverance in these areas of my heart and my life. When you're tempted to anxiety or worry or these things, uh, do you pray, Lord, you know, 
I don't want to be anxious about anything, but Lord, I just bring all my anxieties before you. I cast it upon you. Would you fill my heart with the peace of Christ? Would you fill my mind with the peace of Christ? Lord, in these anxieties and every time I'm tempted to worry in, in these things, I just constantly come before you. Uh, when you're tempted with lust or immorality, do you pray that every thought would be made captive and obedient to Christ? Do you pray, Lord, would you fill my mind with the things that are true and right? Uh, if you're tempted with anger or do you pray, Lord, help me to be slow to anger, slow to speak, uh, or, or yeah, slow to speak, quick to listen. Lord, would you, would you uh, give me that self-control when you're tempted to hold grudges against other people? You know, do you pray blessing upon them? Do you say, Lord, would you, I'm tempted to think evil of this person, but Lord, would you just bless this person? Would you give your grace and mercy uh, to this individual and to forgive and to help me to love this person? Uh, fear of man or envy or jealousy or whatever, um, but do you know how to target areas of your life specifically with God's word and to pray scripture over your heart? Every time, every day, I guarantee you, before you leave your house, right, before you walk through those doors, uh, if you are not prayed up over your heart and you are not praying the armor of God over your heart, over your mind, over your lips, over your thoughts, if you are not praying up over who you are, you are vulnerable to temptation. You're setting yourself out there into a landmine that's filled with all kinds of traps that Satan is laying. And he knows the weak spots and he knows the vulnerabilities. And unless you learn to pray up and say, Lord, would you just cover me by your grace? Would you protect me? Uh, you will be open prey. And so we pray and we, we come before Jesus and we, we say, Lord, uh, would you guard me? Would you protect me? And uh, you learn to pray specific truths and specific scriptures. And you learn to just give yourself to God and ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit, confessing sin and, and saying, Jesus, be the ruler and the one who takes control over my heart and my mind and my will. Jesus, uh, I give myself wholly to you. And we got to pray that every single morning before we walk through those doors. But even as we go throughout the day, as we face different situations and challenges and people, we need to learn to just pray. Like John Piper, the way he describes it, uh, he has a great analogy, but he says that prayer is like a, it's, it's like a walkie-talkie in the battlefield, right? And when you're in the midst of battle, sometimes you don't have maybe, you know, tons of time to just get on your knees and pray, but you need to make that walkie-talkie and say, God, help me right now, deliver me, protect me, shield me, or uh, strengthen me, give me your wisdom, or whatever it is, right? And you're learning to, to interact with God throughout the day. You're learning to commune with God 
uh, in all different kinds of situations and all different people that you're facing. And, and you, can, you can feel the temptation sometimes rising in your heart. And you say, Lord, deliver me, you know, from these things right now, please. And you call out for help. But this is what Jesus, I think, is, is talking about. Is, is, um, prayer is just this way that we are, it's like the air that we breathe. We're just, we have to constantly, constantly learn to just turn to God. Constantly learn to Him, uh, learn to go to Him and say, Lord, uh, deliver me. Lead me not to temptation. Uh, we, we pray these things. And this is a daily, uh, moment by moment thing that we learn to do before God. Uh, and prayer is the only way. Right? It's the way to guard and protect us uh, from all kinds of evil and sin. But the second thing that Jesus, in the second phrase, is this. He says, lead us not into temptation. But then the second phrase he says is this. He says, but deliver us from the evil one or deliver us from evil. Now, I think the difference between the first phrase and second phrase is this. When Jesus says, lead me not to temptation, um, I think this has to do with our internal, natural vulnerabilities and weaknesses. Okay. So as the James passage points out, where does sin come from? Well, sin comes from within, right? These, these uh, sinful desires as Jesus talks about. And when we give in to sinful desire, then it gives birth to sin and, and to death. But when Jesus teaches us to pray here, deliver us from evil, actually another way of looking at it is deliver us from the evil one, namely Satan. So the word evil here is in the Greek, not just evil in general, but it's it's evil specifically in this pronoun kind of sense, and it's specifically, in some translations, talking about Satan himself. And so, really, the first part is attacks from within, or the, the, the temptations from within, but the second one has to do with outside attacks from the devil. There's this guy, um, Martin Luther, that, you know, he was very instrumental in just talking about uh, recovering what the gospel is and recovering this sense of going back to scripture as our authority and all of these things. And Martin Luther, he had this very, very acute sense that there was a real spiritual battle that was going on that was outside of himself. And in one particular instance, uh, he had this inkwell, and he had such a fierce battle with Satan that he, would, he got this inkwell, and he just threw it. And he threw it across the room thinking that he had seen Satan right there. And he would just pray this kind of prayer. He would say, lead us not into temptation. He would say, deliver us from the devil. Deliver us. Deliver me from the devil. This, was, this is what he would pray. And he had that sense, that awareness. And we need to grow in our awareness of the fact that the battle that we fight is not alone. 
but there are spiritual forces that try to ruin and destroy our faith that are laying traps satan lays those traps are you know we our sinful nature can give in but yeah we have to just pray lord protect me from all of that deliver me jesus said in john chapter 17 verse 15 to 16 he prayed this prayer uh, the one that we just read this scripture passage I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you, keep, that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And what Jesus is saying here is he's praying for us. He's praying for our protection. But, you know, in this world, we face all kinds of attacks. And we face um, attacks from within, but from without. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm not asking you, I'm not asking that, you know, we just take them out and just form this holy Christian club. We must be in the world, but as we're in the world, what he's praying is for our protection. That we learn to navigate this world with God's presence and his grace. In Luke chapter 22, um, you know, some, when I read this verse, sometimes it just kind of makes me shudder to think about it. But Jesus told Peter, he said, uh, Satan has asked, he's requested to sift you like wheat. Right, so Satan is going to Jesus, I'm gonna, I want to take this man, I just want to chop him up, I want to destroy this man. Jesus, his response was interesting. He doesn't say, okay, well, I'm just going to completely like, you know, you're not, he, Peter is not going to face any temptation whatsoever. That's not what he prays for Peter. What he prays for Peter is, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. And what he's telling Peter is, you are going to be tempted, and you are going to face these attacks, but what Jesus is telling Peter, but because I'm praying for you, your faith is going to grow in the midst of these attacks. And this is really the Christian life, right? Uh, the Christian life is not like going from one peak to the next. That's not what the Christian life is about. We face like peaks and valleys and, and there's attacks and those kind of things. But what, we, what, we, what God promises us, what he will do for us is he will be with us. And he protects us and he shields us and he upholds us in all of that. And this is what Jesus prays. Um, we have to learn to cultivate this kind of prayer life if we're going to grow in our faith that we don't get discouraged and we don't get blindsided and that we don't um, you know Satan doesn't get to us in such a way so that when bad things happen or when uh, things don't go our way or whether we're just tempted to give up or we just lose sight of God or we just like you know we say well you know my faith isn't working or God isn't with me obviously those are satanic attacks, you know, against our faith. And what we have to pray is, Lord, deliver me from these lies. Help me to believe the truth of what your word says. We pray um, as a church over a lot of things. And um, we pray against also the evil one and his attacks, sometimes against our community and against our world that we live in. 
And that's why one of the things that I love that we do as a church is, you know, twice, a couple times a year, we'll just walk around our community, Monterey Park, and we'll, we'll strategically pinpoint different parts, right? So uh, we have the elementary schools, we have um, the commercial district, um, we have the senior center, um, but we go through different parts of Monterey Park, and as we take teams through different areas of our community, what are we praying? We're praying, God, would you put your grace, would you put your blessing upon these areas? Would you bring your kingdom down here on earth? Would you protect uh, our community from evil? Would you, would you spare us? Would you put your mercy upon our community? We pray all of these things for our, our city. And this is what we have to do as a church is learn to pray for God's, um, for his power and his protection over different parts of our city. We pray for this past Wednesday. Um, some of you who are parents, you guys know about this, but there's a lot of untruthful ideas that are out there that are assaulting our education system, right? And there's today uh, massive confusion about issues of sexual identity or sexual ethics. There's tons of confusion out there. And so we're praying Wednesday and we're praying for our education system. We're praying for this bill uh, that is challenging really like pornographic literature that's trying to filter itself down to the education system and passing itself off as sex ed. But we're praying for truth. We're praying for righteousness. We're praying for our future generation. We're praying for God's righteous values, but we're praying for all of these things. And this is our way of praying, Lord, protect us, deliver us from the evil one and his ideas, his attacks, uh, protect us. Isaiah 520, um, there's a verse, and, you know, I think this really characterizes the day and age that, you know, that we live in a lot of times today, but Isaiah 520 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. But I think about this verse, and I think about how there are uh, a lot of untruths, and there's a lot of confusion. And sometimes what we think is good and healthy is actually in God's sight not good at all. And things that are not good, and are, we can say, oh, this is, this is good, or this is right, this feels right to me, or this feels good to me. But it's, there's a reversal of values. And what we have to pray is, Lord, deliver us, protect us from these, um, these, these things that really go against your kingdom. It doesn't represent who you are. It doesn't represent your word. And we have to just pray these things. And we know that, you know, we can't just muscle our way, you know, as Christians. It has to come through prayer. We have to rely upon God and say, God, unless you, re- unless you work this is, it's not going to happen. So we pray for God's kingdom to come. I like this quote by uh, Karl Barth. And he says that when God's people clasp 
their hands in prayer, it is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. But when God's people, when we come together in prayer, you know, this is the beginning of an uprising against the evil, against satanic forces, against his agenda, um, and all the things that he would do to destroy the things that are good and right. So we have to pray. And that's why, you know, I really, um, we're going to talk a lot more about prayer, um, you know, in the months to come, actually. But, you know, without prayer, like, it just, it doesn't, it won't happen. Um, without prayer, we just won't experience God's kingdom. We won't experience God's power. It's as simple as that. One of the things that I, um, I just want to challenge us as a church, right? Uh, I, I love, you know, our church in so many ways. And I think as a church, we're fairly good about truth, right? Like, let's have Bible study. Let's, um, let's study the Bible. Let's, um, let's get into the Word. Uh, let's be a, ch- a church that's governed by right doctrine and, and those things, right? So we're good about truth, I think. And uh, we're good about, I think, you know, like fellowship and those things too. Uh, we love, you know, just, okay, community groups, and it's been really good. And I think we're growing in our mission, you know, in our missional focus, uh, which has been immensely encouraging to me to see uh, that we're reaching out more and more, and we're seeing that church is more than just our own little fellowship, but we're meant to be on mission with Jesus in this world together with him. But one thing I just want to really challenge all of us, encourage us is do we rely upon God in prayer through all of it? Is it just our own ideas and our own strength? And are we relying upon ourselves to try to advance God's kingdom? Or are we learning to depend on God and saying, God, I am utterly helpless and hopeless without you. And our church is utterly helpless and hopeless without, without you. Um, it's, it's easy to spend two hours in a Bible study, three hours fellowshipping with e- each other. It's easy to spend the whole day doing a missional project for our community. They're kind of fun, or at least it's energizing. But can we learn to spend 30 minutes in prayer as a church? Can we learn to spend one hour as a church in prayer? And I don't mean that, I don't say that to shame you at all. Uh, It's not, don't take it that way. I need to keep growing it in myself. But I want to challenge this as a church. I I think our prayer life and our prayer ministry really reflects more than anything else how much we really depend upon God. Do we depend upon God to do it? Or is it just our own ideas, our strategies? And, you know, um, yeah, I just, we just need to learn to come before God as a church and say, Lord, help us bring your kingdom bring your kingdom here on earth and call out to him you know there's one thing 
that Satan wants to do, and this is what Ed Clowney talks about. If he can get us not to pray as a church, and he could get us not to pray individually in our lives, then you know what? He has totally succeeded. Because Satan knows that when we actually learn to pray, that we go to God in prayer, he knows at that point that Satan himself, he is vulnerable. His kingdom is vulnerable. And so he'll do anything and everything to keep us from developing our prayer life. Anything but prayer. But here's the thing. In prayer, we have great confidence that God hears and answers. We know that prayer makes a real difference. And we're not just praying things into the air. We're not just speaking words out loud. But when we're praying, God uses our prayers to accomplish his will. We know that from Scripture. And we know that God allowed his son Jesus to be, sent to be tempted by Satan in the wilderness for 40 days. And with each of these temptations that Satan threw against Jesus, Jesus overcame every temptation. And Jesus said, you know, Satan, Satan can do nothing against the authority, the power of Jesus himself. Jesus is, as we say, he is stronger. He is greater. And he defeated Satan on the cross. One day, Satan will be completely annihilated because of the work of Jesus. And so when Jesus tells us, you know, lead me not into temptation, deliver us from evil, he is speaking from experience, right? He's not just giving you just a nice little prayer principle. He has gone through it, but he overcame. And when we pray, we are praying to the one and through the one who has defeated the darkest power in this world. In the name of Jesus, right? This is, this is tremendous encouragement for us to keep growing in prayer. Because Jesus has defeated the powers of darkness, when we go to him, Jesus is the one who does it. He's the one who's fighting on our behalf. He's the one who's advocating for you. He's the one who hears, and he's the one who's acting on our behalf. Now, that's the one that I want to pray to, right? That's the one I want to go to. And so when we pray, it's powerful. It makes a real difference because we're praying to the one who has conquered it all. So let's keep growing. Let's be faithful. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let's learn to to uh, cultivate a real praying life. You know, the seminar, I, I love this topic, but learning to pray in a distracting world. And there's a lot of distractions in this world. And there's a lot of things that are going to vie for your attention. And there are a lot of good things. They're not bad things, right? 
There's a lot of, oh, I, you know, meeting with this person, doing this, uh, all kinds of things. They're good things. But don't neglect prayer. Make prayer your priority. Make cultivating prayer, uh, make that, you know, your secret connection with God. And learn to connect with the power and presence of Jesus through prayer. Um, that's, that's the heart. That's the secret right there. And that's what we've got to learn as a church.